Hey everybody out there in Geekland, I'm Geek Soul Brother and I'm putting the funk in the Final Frontier. Welcome to episode 313 of Geek Soul Brother and the Nerd Events. This was a special episode because we had some special and awesome guests. We had David and Alex Pastor, the brotherly duo, because they're brothers and they're writers. And they wrote a show called Incorporated that's coming on Sci-Fi Channel. And joining with them was... Ted Humphrey, who is the showrunner of Incorporated, coming on Sci-Fi. We had a great interview. They talked about uh, their process and how they got the show on Sci-Fi and, you know, how what they enjoyed about it, what they enjoyed about sci- science fiction and writing it and so forth. And, um, yeah, it was just a good show, definitely. So look them up. Uh, we're tweeting them out. So just uh, go to my timeline on Twitter. And uh, also, check out the show Incorporated. It comes on 10 p.m. November 30th on the Sci-Fi Channel. Definitely check that out. There's some great guys. Hey, find us on iTunes and Stitcher. And if you do, rate and subscribe to the show. Really appreciate that. Also, uh, you can check us out on Facebook, Twitter, Google+. Well, you can check me out on Facebook, Twitter, Google+, YouTube, um, all kinds of social media and stuff. And you can check out the Five Nerd Venoms on Facebook and Twitter. And just watch the show. It's for adults. This one was pretty calm, though. I think this one was pretty cool. But show's for adults, so just watch the kiddies around. Other than that, you guys take care. Hope you enjoyed the interview. Thanks, Toby Wan, for uh, recording and everything. Really appreciate it. Peace. you geeks out there in Geekland, I'm Geek Soul Brother. I got my nerdy Ben with me, Toby Wan Kenobi. And we're putting some funk in Final Frontier. Tonight is a special episode. We are going to talk to the creators and showrunner of Sci-Fi's new TV show, Incorporated. I have with me David and Alex Pastor and Ted Humphrey who's the showrunner. David and Alex are the creators of the show. Gentlemen, again, I want to welcome you to the show. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having us. Thank you. We're thrilled to be here. Oh, that's that's good. Well, I, I hope you're thrilled at the end also. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so just let me tell the audience, uh, uh, David and Alex, they're writers, producers, directors. They're known for uh, movies like Carriers, The Last Days, which I featured on Saturday Night Sci-Fi, and David was gracious enough to uh, participate in that. That was awesome. And also um, of Selfless. Selfless with uh, Ben Kingsley and uh, Ryan Reynolds, great uh, science fiction movie. And now they're uh, the creators of Incorporated. And also we have Ted Humphrey who is the showrunner of the very successful uh, uh, The Good Wife and has been also a executive producer. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Tal. I, I was thinking you were the showrunner of The Good Wife. You are executive producer. I know that. You're executive producer of The Good Wife. Robert and Michelle King uh, were really the, the showrunners uh, as well as creators of the show um, for most of its run anyway. And, uh, uh, but I was there for a long time. Let's put it that way. Yeah. I, I, 
<laughs> if you go on IMDb, you can see that you put in some work into The Good Wife, definitely. And, and uh, you're also known for The Unit, Shark, and The Nine. Um, you, guys, you guys have done some wonderful stuff, and I'm thinking that this winning combination is going to work for, uh, for Incorporated. Well, um, sure, let, let, let's hope so. We are all uh, getting geared up for the premiere in a couple of weeks. And yeah, now it's going to be up to the audience to see if they if they dig it. Yeah, I, I'm sure. It's, you know, sci-fi, the sci-fi network's been doing such a great job putting on uh, original content. And of course, yours yours looks as original as uh, as anything. I'll just tell the audience real quick. Um, Incorporated, which is premiering uh, November 30th, 10 p.m. Eastern. It's a uh, it's a story, well, from, from the blurb on the site, it's a story set in 2074 where corporations are powerful, but one exec wants to buck the system and uh, uh, deal with things from the inside in order to save the woman that he loves. Uh, it's produced, it's executive produced by Ben Affleck and Matt Damon, Ted Humphrey uh, uh, himself, and uh, Jennifer Todd. And, of course, like I mentioned, it was created by David Nowes Pastor, and it stars Sean Teal as uh, Ben Larson, Julia Arman, Dennis Haysbert, Allison Miller, and Eddie Ramos, to name a few. Um, so, David and Alex, I, I want to I just ask you guys offhand, because you're doing you, – or you've done some material that me – and my community, you know, this nerdy community really love. What attracted you guys originally in doing a, like sci-fi, you know, high concept type of stories that you've done, like Last Days and stuff like that? Well, I, I think it's the, the stuff that you read and watch when you're a kid that... Um, that uh, influence you the most. And even if you incorporate later other passions and other interests, there are certain things that never go away. And the things that got me into reading personally was uh, science fiction. And it was uh, a lot of Isaac Asimov and a lot of Ray Bradbury and Richard Matheson and that kind of stuff. And, and it never went away, even if you get interested in politics, even if you get interested in history, in straight dramas. I remember being a kid and, and being a, an avid reader, but looking at my parents reading as well and asking, what is this book about that you're reading? And they told me, yeah, it's a, it's a story of a marriage, blah, blah, blah. And it's just, that's not a story. So there's no spaceships or there's no future or there are no robots. <laughs> so it's just daily life. I couldn't understand that portraying daily life when I was a kid that could be a source of fiction. You know, you needed a genre, you needed a, a framework, you needed a detective, you needed a crime, you needed a something. So I right. guess that, that stuck and I still work in those parameters because I those are the ones I enjoy the most. Right, right. Was it that way um, for both of you? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think we both grew up in the same household you know, like three years apart. So we kind of had the, the same references. 
and you know the the same books in, in the bookshelves that do, every now and then we just you know pick up and and read and the same movies that they took us to see when we were probably way too young <laughs> to see you well, know <laughs> my mom took me to see total recall when i was like 10 years old and you know with all the exploding heads and whatnot you know and and you know i wasn't totally traumatized by that i think it was another time especially growing up in in spain where the rating system was definitely something of a suggestion that nobody you know cared too much about <laughs> no nobody worried about ratings huh <laughs> yeah and in spain is like yeah sure you're 10 years old you want to go see uh, you know uh, basic instinct sure why not <laughs> wow wow yeah, yeah, we're very permissive in in in, in Spain in, in that respect. Yeah, right, right. And, and I it, think it, also- no, I was just gonna say it, it. It seems like that type of upbringing is very common among, you know, geeks and nerds that that like genre stuff. Their parents seem to have introduced them, or or they sneak into a theater, you know, and see something that may not be age appropriate, but had a like lasting impact. <laughs> No, that, that, that's, abso- that's absolutely true. We, we, we watched as much as we could, uh, as soon as we could. Um, and our parents were very, very conducive to that. Even if they are not that much into what you would call geek culture, uh, I think that we turned them into, uh, into that kind of genres more than they were before. Like, I, I've taken my mom to see Cube. I bought my parents' comic books, trying to find like things Your that mom's they would like. Cube? My mom's a cube with me because I took her to the movie theater, and she still likes it, and she still talks about Did it. Did she get freaked out when the guy got cut in half by the cube? Uh, she liked it. She was like, well, I would never paid, uh, I would never gone by myself to see this movie right. because I have no idea what it is. Yeah. But now that I saw right. it, it was And really she, cool. she would have never probably read Cloud Atlas, you know. But- Stuff like that. When I was a kid, I went to see uh, uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark with my mom, and she got wigged out when the helicopter blade, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that's one of the reasons that, that David Hewlett is in our show, you know, because of uh, because of Q. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, nice, nice. Um, and and I want to ask you, Ted. Now, now your background from just looking at it. You know, just observing it, your background seems to be more grounded. You know, like I said, the good wife, the unit seems more grounded in uh, uh, drama, but not drama with lasers or stuff like that. So, what what attracted you to incorporated and uh, taking on the uh, executive producer and um, and working with the Sci Fi Network? What what attracted you to that? Well, I would say my background in television, yes, has been a bit more grounded because those were the shows that that survived. I mean, the first television credit I had was a show called Now and Again that you might remember uh, from back in 2000 that was a really cool, clever kind of sci-fi romantic comedy about a guy, also starring Dennis Haysbert. It was the first time I ever worked with Dennis, um, about a guy who dies and Dennis Haysbert puts his brain into sort of a bionically engineered uh, body uh, oh i do remember that yeah it was a it was a really fun show it only lasted one season um and i you know i've done a fair amount of writing of features that never got made that were in sci-fi and and other genres so like these guys i very much grew up a genre buff um there's not 
Historically, there hasn't been that much great genre work on television. Increasingly, that's not true. Now we have Game of Thrones and Walking Dead and hopefully our show and lots of other things. But historically, genre can be a tough nut to crack on television. Um, Absolutely. And I, I think one of the things that attracted me to the script, first of all, was just the, there's nothing like it on television right now. And I'm always looking for that. I think we should, we in general in this industry should always be looking for that we should always be looking for to tell the stories that aren't already being told and uh you know a chance to do a really cool grounded we talk a lot about movies like uh children of men that are not laser beams and spaceships not that there's anything wrong with laser beams and spaceships as as right seinfeld would say but that are you know more like the grounded kind of this could actually happen tomorrow sort of sci-fi and that's very much what we're trying to to do here so i flipped for the script as soon as i read it i thought it was just a world that we weren't portraying right now that's that's kind of all too you know painfully possible even as hopefully it is too dystopian to ever come to pass and and i love uh i love kind of suspense hitchcockian suspense uh stories mm-hmm really at heart is is kind of what on a plot level the show is um and that's those stories are always really fun to tell so and and those stories are really the important sci-fi the one that uh the the ones that hit on a human level and deal with like some of the uh you know some of the uh obstacles that human beings may have and just, just setting it in a dystopian or, you know, some type of future. Like you, like, like we mentioned, lasers are fun, but getting down to what it is to be human in, in a world that doesn't exist yet is pretty uh, revealing. So I, I, yeah, I hope, I hope you guys, I hope uh, incorporated looks like uh, after looking at all the trailers and stuff, it I'm absolutely in agreement that there's nothing on TV like it right now, and it, it, the production level of the, everything looks looks great. Would you would one of you like to tell the audience what uh what Incorporated's about? Sure, um, it's the story of a not so not so distant future in America or, or in the planet where after the cataclysmic consequences of, of uh, climate change have uh, bankrupt governments, corporations have taken over the pieces and, and now are controlling the world. And in this in this environment, in this context, we find our, our hero that you were talking before, Ben Larson, who is not who he says he is. He has created this new persona to infiltrate one of these corporations because he's looking for somebody inside. It's more of a rescue mission. It's like a it's it's okay. It's like a rescue mission. Yes, there's a man pretending right. to be somebody who is not, except that you know, this is not a regular corporation. If they ever catch him, they're probably gonna execute him. So you know, the, the stakes right. are really high. Yeah, I wanted to play with this idea that now that corporations are so are as powerful as nations, so they have their own security apparatus, their own uh, spy. Um, the spionage side of it, they have uh, private armies, they function as uh, as much as countries, uh, but the difference is that they are not democratic institutions. They are, uh, they are corporations who that are moved by profit and they only respond to their shareholders. So, and, Right. 
in this world it's it's very much i mean we we talk a lot about like the cold war metaphors that um competition between two rival corporations is sort of like competition between the united states and the soviet union during the cold war you, you don't just quit your job and go work at another company you have to defect and there are consequences uh for you and your family and your loved ones that go along with that um so it's it's a fun chance to play with uh those kinds of espionage conventions in a completely different context that we don't normally associate with right right and and i'm wondering the the ben in infiltrating the corporation i i'm figuring that he has to come across some obstacles that may uh or or some situations that may uh come against his morals yeah i mean that's one of the things that we wanted to explore in the show not just the the you know external obstacles not just you know the cloak and dagger of you know surviving this uh, cutthroat corporate world but also the toll that it takes on, on our main character you know in, in order to do something noble in order to do something good in this case you know rescuing the woman he loves uh how much is he willing to actually do bad things and and how uh, how dark is he going to go the, the first being that when we meet him at the beginning of the pilot he's been married to this woman for several years who doesn't really know who he is so right from the bat we meet him at a moment that he's been deceiving many people and has seduced and married uh a person who who is under false pretense so i i think that that's the the beginning of that moral slippery slope that it's just going to get worse throughout the season nice i love it i that's, love, that's love it already <laughs> Yeah. That's you going to say something Ted? I'm sorry. I just said and that's the best place we ever see him. So it just goes downhill from there. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's <laughs> yeah, the show goes like to some, really, some really dark places, you know. But right. it, it's totally funny too, you know. There's a lot of dark humor and and satire in, in, in the show. It's definitely not a downer, you know. It, it, it explores these dark places where the characters go. But you know, without ever feeling like a lecture, I think it's, it's like an exciting thriller, and even it has some some really dark, messed up comedy in it. Oh, but, nice! By the way, wanna wanna put uh, put in a plug um, to you and the listeners. I don't know when exactly you're uh, going to air this or or uh, put this online, but beginning tomorrow, there's going to be a pre what they call a pre linear. Um, preview of the pilot uh that will be available on Facebook I believe it's on Sci-Fi's website uh YouTube and uh, possibly video on demand as well so for I think 10 days prior to the actual premiere you can watch the pilot beforehand if you're of a mind to do so Oh excellent cuz I was going to ask you if there was going to be like a uh kind of, yeah exactly that a, a, a preliminary pilot that's that's cool yeah, I'll try and um, I, I got a little bit of editing to do, but I'll try and post the uh, the interview as soon as I can, so everybody can uh, find out, and, and we'll blast it out on social media and stuff like that. We'll we'll let people know definitely. Thank you. So, um, Alex, David, uh, how did you guys come up with the concept? And did you first pitch it to Sci-Fi, or did you pitch it to other networks? And you know, Sci-Fi picked it up eventually or how, how did the process go 
Well, we started working on it as a movie. You know, we we were mostly just pissed off at, at what we read in the papers and we saw on TV every day. Oh, you know, right. about, <laughs> the, the, you know the, the way that, that that climate change is threatening the planet and, and and you know nobody seems to be doing enough to stop it the, the way that you know the growing inequality in our world especially after the the recession in in, in 2008 so we started developing right. it as a movie and, and and but pretty soon we realized that this should be a tv show you know that the world was too big there were too many stories to tell and and too many you know nooks and crannies of the world to explore to just you know tell the story in in, in a two-hour movie which is something that happened to us previously like in something like selfless you know where, where you don't have in a movie you know the the room to really explore that premise and really do it justice so that's where we decided you know what let, let's do it as a as a tv show and we basically wrote the the script on spec meaning like nobody paid for us to write it we just wrote it on our own and then we just sent it out we sent it out to to matt and ben's production company and they came on board we sent it to ted who also liked it and also came on board and it's after that that we just go out to the networks and you pitch it and wait for somebody to say yes you know i want to put this on the air right right that's 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 uh that's not easy <laughs> no, it's a long, especially for us. Like we've never done anything in television, so it was clear that it was the, the best way was to just write the script, you know, ourselves, you know, mm-hmm. and show what the script would be, you know, yeah, because we were really non-entities in, in television. Yeah, when when you return status, I guess you can just go and pitch the idea. But when nobody knows you, like nobody knew David and me, we had to prove it on on the page that 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 could work as a TV show. And I will right, say, right. having proved it on the page, sometimes it's easier when you prove it on the page because when you go pitch, everybody weighs in with their ideas of what they want it to be. And when you've already, I mean, they do that even when you write it on spec, I guess. But uh, um, but at least when you write it on spec, you're putting your best foot forward and showing them this is what it is. And if it's good, mm-hmm. then, that, then you silence a lot of those, uh, you know, kind of, Hey, what if we did this and what if we did that before they ever get to it? So in in some ways, it, it's almost better. It depends on the piece, but sometimes it's almost better to have it on spec first. Yeah, I, I right. agree. Right. Yeah, right. the right. after a pitch is complicated. Also for movies, you know, like everybody starts weighing in before you've had a chance to actually write a single word of the script. So you may never have a chance of actually, you know, putting down on the page that version that you wanted, you know. Right, right. So, so basically, for the most part, uh, it, it's always good to uh, it's always good to write the script out for an idea that you have and kind of get your get your voice out there. Yeah, if, if you can, uh, absolutely. If you can afford, just log yourself in in your apartment or wherever you work, and and put the hours. If it's especially if it's the kind of idea that it's not clear cut in in just a very brief pitch but it needs a little bit of development it's and as ted was mentioning before it also allows you to protect your vision by by executing your way and showing that it works your way before people start questioning it and saying yeah maybe it shouldn't be the future maybe it should be the past 
What if it was another planet? Right. <laughs> what if? Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't even think about that. Maybe it's not Earth. Yeah. <laughs> Never know. And and talking about vision, Ted. Um, what was your strategy in translating uh, uh, Alice and Dave's uh, vision to the audience to help the audience understand, or or to help the audience, uh, you know, to give the audience what you wanted, what you got from uh, uh, from the story. Uh, what was the strategy to that? Um, I, you know, I wish I could say there was a great strategy. It, it, it's. Uh, <laughs> Uh, you know, the, you're, it speaks a little to the television development process, which typically works kind of the way it worked here. Um, it just usually is faster than it, than it was here. Um, you either you either go in with a pitch, or in this case, we went in with a script, and we did take it to a number of networks. We ended up, you know, at, at Sci-Fi, who were really, really excited and enthusiastic about the script and I, I think about the opportunity to kind of rebrand themselves a little bit, begin to rebrand themselves a little bit. Um, uh, they very much liked that the show was very grounded and, you know, was a chance for them to do a show that in some ways almost feels like an office show. It's just an office show with a twist that, that it will work for them. Right. Um, and so then you go and you shoot a pilot and that seems straightforward because you've got the script written already and so it's about casting and and you know but it's a little tricky because you're, you're trying to cast people that will work for the show and that you, you think people want to casting a television show and a lot of times it's tricky because you you need to find people that people want to tune in and watch every week and sometimes mm -hmm. it's a little mm -hmm. bit than finding the people that they're willing to watch for two hours um so it you know, n none of that is, is necessarily so much strategic as it is just about executing it well. And David and Alex directed the pilot and did a fantastic job of that. And, and we had a great production team making the pilot. And, you know, it's tricky to make this kind of a piece for television because it's expensive. Um, this, the, the visual effects and uh, everything, anything that goes into creating a period, whether that period is the future or the past, is expensive and that expense is something that television is typically not very well built to handle. So, right, uh, right. so that, you know, that was tricky. And then strategically, once we did get the pickup, um, it became about how do you do this on a budget? How do you, how do you craft these stories in a way that every episode is not full of giant chase scenes, um, out in the streets of a futuristic city that we cannot possibly afford to shoot. Right. So, right. It, it, it's really, you know, the, the strategy, I think, come, as much comes into just how do you tell the story that works on a tele, in a television format and yet still have it be exciting. And and we were we were able to do that by the skin of our teeth. Um, we're all kind of smiling at each other because it was not easy. But, uh, you know, we, we feel very happy with what we pulled off. Yeah, the, the crew in, in Toronto was excellent. And everybody gave 150% which um, is what you need when you're doing, as, as Ted was saying, something like, like this on television where, you, where the resources are different from uh, a Marvel movie, let's say. <laughs> I, I will say yeah. that I think you're going to see the visual effects in the show. Um, I, I'm really happy with the level of visual effects that we've been able to get. You know, I just think visual effects in general are getting better and, and even in, in television we're able to do them now in a way that you wouldn't have seen except in, in movies not that long ago so it's that's really neat I, I from a from a avid 
TV watcher for a long time. I totally agree with you from my from our perspective that um, the visual effects are amazing, especially, uh, I, I don't know, Sci-Fi Network, they definitely um, have upped their game as far as what they're able to do uh, uh, with, with CG, you know, and just, you know, productions. The way they produce things and stuff, they, they really, uh, I don't know. They, 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 like some of their space scenes are, are just as good as in the movies, in, in a lot of TV shows. Some of their sci-fi, like, uh, I'm, like the tech that I'm thinking that I've already seen in y'all's trailer, um, it's just as good as the movies. It's amazing that, you know, I, what, actually one time I was listening to a documentary about um, Stargate. And they were going around and showing some of the production team. And I think they had a 19-year-old kid doing some of the spaceships in Stargate. And I was like, that's, that's incredible. Because what you see, the final product, is, uh, is amazing, you know? Yeah, and the, the, the prices of the effects are... Sorry. I'm sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I said that, fortunately, the prices of visual effects have gone down significantly in the last few years, which allows us to do a lot of things that maybe a few years ago would have been done practically and it would be just, you know, impossible. I, I think a lot of it comes down actually to not just money, but also to being mindful when you shoot scenes of what the visual effects are going to be and, and how do you need to shoot a scene so the visual effect will work. You know, sometimes I think the visual effects look bad, not because there's not enough money, but just because a scene wasn't shoot wasn't shot uh, properly. You know, so you need your visual effects supervisor there and, and you need the, the, the director of photography and you need everybody to be very aware of what the visual effect is going to be and, and light the scene and shoot the scene with that in mind. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Nice. Nice. Um, Alex, what's, uh, what's the best thing about writing screenplays and scripts with uh, your brother? Well, the the best thing is that writing can be a very lonely job and and just sitting yourself in front of a computer and motivate yourself to fight, to develop an an idea uh, day after day can be hard. Being two people uh, on the same wavelength, what helps is just that you can always bounce ideas back and forth. If you have a core idea for a for a movie or a TV show, you can share it, and just by gauging the reaction, you know if it's worth pursuing or it's better to forget about it. You know, so if you manage to get the other one excited, it excites you back, and and it's a it's a it's a loop that fits itself. Uh, so that's why it was fun to transition to television, because at the end of the day, working working in a writer's room was just um. Uh, making that circle of two wider and suddenly have other people to discuss and argue the ideas and, and bringing things to the table. So, yeah, I totally I totally recommend writing with a writing partner if you manage to find somebody who has the same reference, who has the same interest, and that you can, you know, really sync up with. Right, right. And David, I guess you were lucky to have a writing partner grow up with you in your house. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Otherwise, I would probably, I don't know what I'd be doing right now. Probably not this. <laughs> it, 
<laughs> and it, it, it's actually a take two uh, um, as, as far as working with your brother um, that it, it, it alleviates some of the solitude of a, a writer's life. Yeah, I mean, I really admire people who do it themselves on their own, you know, because it's like Ali was saying, it's very lonely, you know, when you're just staring at the computer and, you know, there's just the cursor blinking on, on the blank page. I mean, you, you still do it on your own when, when you're actually writing the script, you know, the, the, the way we, right. we, we work, once this, the, we break the story, which in the case of television is not just the two of us, but, you know, all the writers in the room, then <clears throat> when it's time to actually write the scenes, then, yeah, you, you take a scene and, and, and he takes another scene and we write it separately. So there is that element of just sitting in front of your computer when it comes to writing the dialogue, but right. not when it comes to, like, you know, building a story and developing a story. Yeah, which is the heavy lifting, really. What, say again? I'm sorry. Oh, sorry, no, I was just mentioning that that's the heavy lifting. That's the, the part that can be more daunting when you start. Right, right, right. And, um... Ted, I just want to ask you, uh, did you, you started out as a writer, correct? Well, I still am. I mean, you know, in television, producers are first and foremost writers. So, right. um, you know, I, I still consider myself a writer first and foremost. Uh, and I, I couldn't agree more with what David and Alex are saying, by the way. It, I started out as a feature writer working by myself, and it's miserable. The uh, the whole like romance of Hemingway sitting and drinking and writing is not all it's cracked up to be. You're just alone. <laughs> and I, you know, right. my brother is one of my best friends, but he does a totally different thing. I wish I had my brother as a writing partner. That would be fun. So I still do that it, but it's fun. It's fun. You know, one of the things I love about working in television is just what David and Alex were saying that you get to work with a smart group of people and and kind of do things together. And even if you then have to go off and do some of the writing yourself, that's not so bad because. Um, you have a lot of other people to to share the burden with. Now, did you early on? Did you have aspirations of being a producer, or did that come later as as you got more into the industry? Well, I, I had aspirations to be, uh, you know, a writer, a, a, a film writer and director, which I still do, and and I've directed some television producing. I didn't really. Most people don't know what a producer is when they get into entertainment. I think we know what a writer is, we know what a director is, we know what an actor is, and producer is that big kind of question mark. Well, like you were saying, right. it's very different, like a film producer and a TV producer. Are, are, are very different things, right? I mean, a film producer typically isn't a writer. It's sort of somebody with a with a nice car and a fancy office who, who knows people right. in the studio. Right. That's basically what it is. And, uh, and, you know, TV producers are really something that you kind of work your way into being by starting as a writer and then kind of working your way up the <clears throat> the ladder a little bit. So once I got into television, yes, I aspired to be a producer because it was the clear kind of career path. Um, and yeah, the, the, the best thing about working in television for writers is that you are the producers, you are ultimately the boss of the show. Um, and, you know, with that comes a lot of responsibility, but also a lot of creative freedom within at least the framework of the show. And that's really fun. Right. Right, right. Excellent. Um, I'll, ask, I'll ask each of you, but Ted, uh, any advice for people on the come up that want to break into the business? 
I would jokingly say find something else to do, but it really would be just a joke. I don't mean that. Um, I, you know, because I, 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 I really don't mean that. I, I had something else to do. I was a lawyer, and I quit that to do this. David's laughing because wow. his uh, ways is going off over here. <laughs> um, y you know, and, and I uh, have never regretted that decision. That was a long time ago, but I've certainly never regretted that decision. My advice would be, first of all, write. Um, I mean, it, it really is all on the page. It really is all about what you can do on the page. And it takes a long time for most people to figure out what that is. Some people, I guess, are born Faulkner and can sit down and crank something out. But I think for most of us, we've got a whole stack of scripts in our bottom drawer that are not very good that were the scripts we wrote before we wrote one that actually was good that people paid attention to. So don't don't give up because the first one isn't quite there. Keep at it. Um, mm -hmm. And don't be afraid to show your work to people because you'll never get anywhere without doing that. Uh, but by the same token, try and make sure it's good before you show it because the old saying about never getting a second chance to make a first impression is actually true. Right. Right. I don't know. That all sounds like stuff your grandmother would tell you, but it's no, actually but it, true. I think it is true. And it's important to probably have somebody that you can show it to when it's not good yet. Yeah. Uh, and to get feedback from that person, honest feedback, not like, oh, good job, that's great. Like, you know, our mom loves anything we do, you know. <laughs> right. right. It's not helpful. Yeah. But our mom is not helpful that way, you know. Yeah. You, don't, you don't learn when people are not critical. Yeah. But it's true that you have to do it in a safe space because, as yeah. Ted was saying, in the industry, you know, they, they're not going to... But, 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 yeah, but if you find somebody who can give you honest criticism and, and, and good criticism and, 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 you know, smart criticism, that's not somebody who's going to hire you so you are not afraid of, you know, showing them something that may not be good yet, you know, that's important. Yeah, I was, I was fortunate when I first broke into this business that one, uh, a very good friend of mine who I got to high school with um, was a pretty successful writer. He was a television comedy writer, uh, so he didn't do exactly what I was setting out to do, but nonetheless, he was a good writer and successful and knew a lot of people, and he read a bunch of my scripts and was exactly that person who could, you know, he was a friend, he wasn't going to blackball me because my script wasn't good, but he was going to give me honest feedback about how to make it better, and he wasn't going to show it to his agents and help me get that leg up until he felt it was ready to go, and that was really invaluable. Nice. 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 We we need more of that. <laughs> People yeah, need more of that. We do. It's hard. I mean, it's hard to find that kind of mentor person. Most of us don't have it, you know. But nice. it is anything like that is helpful. Nice, nice. You want to throw out any uh, social media or anything uh, where people could. Uh... Not contact you directly, but you, you know, yeah, kind of we're... follow you on Twitter or whatever. Yeah, I'm on Twitter. You know, David Pastor One Zero. I think is that. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, that's it. At David Pastor 10, yeah. Yeah, that's, I think it's a, or a Twitter account. Yeah, so we, we've got, I'm on Twitter, and then we've got a Twitter account for the show. Um, my Twitter is, I don't know any better than uh, David what my Twitter is. I think it's <laughs> at, Ted, at underscore Ted H underscore, something like that. Um <laughs> You'll find it. I'll, I'll definitely find it. Underscore Ted H underscore, yes. Um, and uh, the Twitter account for the show, I'm not sure what it is, but um, we can email it to you or you can just find it by go looking for Incorporated Writers Twitter. Now, I'll, we'll, de I'll definitely uh, include it. I'll definitely include it and let uh, 
I'll include it in the uh, intro, let people know. Yeah, we'll be live tweeting. Uh, well, the writers of each every episode are going to be live tweeting the episodes when they come out. Excellent, excellent. We we have a tendency to use, my little group has a tendency to use the, the hashtag of the show and also maybe a little spin, you know, like, uh, you know, something something that's kind of uh, uh, part of the nerd culture, black nerd culture. We, we like to play with it, but we'll definitely be joining in the uh, incorporated sci-fi hashtag, definitely doing that. Cool. And, and David, I also want to thank you in particular because you joined us for Saturday Night Sci-Fi when we featured uh, The Last Days, which everybody loved. They loved that movie. It was yeah, really it was uh, fun to uh, you know answer people's questions and you know <clears throat> clarify <clears throat> stuff. It's like, an awesome movie. Where did they shoot that? How did they do that? Especially or... the bear. <laughs> <laughs> the bear. The bear thing was crazy. Bear, yeah. <laughs> he was a sweetheart, that bear. I'll say that. He drank beer. That was awesome. <laughs> Well, let me get let you guys go. I know I know you're uh, I know you guys are busy gearing up for the show again. Audience Incorporated, November thirtieth on Sci Fi Channel, ten p.m. Eastern. Um, uh, you can check it out and definitely go back and uh, listen to the episode again. Listen to the podcast again of uh, 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 David and Alex and Ted talking about some of the behind the scenes things that went into it but uh i really appreciate you guys coming on i'll, I'll try and get the episode up as uh soon as i can but cool. you guys are great thank you no worries thank you very much it was our pleasure anytime you want to call us we we have our regular show 10 p.m if you guys want to check in say hi or you, you know just want to listen we definitely will have you on again um yeah, probably after uh, Incorporated, probably after Finale or something like that. Next year sometime, we'll have yeah, we're gonna you guys that. on again. We'll look back and see how it went. <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely. Fingers That's crossed right. and looking for good things. Thanks, Thank man. You Thank you. Bye -bye. All right, take care. Thank you. All right. Toby Wan, you good? Is that the regular hang-up sound? The closing door? I don't think I've ever heard somebody hang up. Uh, yeah, there is a closing door hang-up sound, yeah. Okay, all right. But you heard it? I didn't I didn't hear it on this side. Oh, so that's I'm the first time I've heard it in a long time, I guess. Well, I, I don't think you guys heard it out there either, but let me close out the show. <laughs> I'm glad you guys listened to this episode of Geek's Old Brother and the Nerdy Venoms. Find it in iTunes and Stitcher. And uh, definitely follow us. Follow us on, um, you know, Facebook, Twitter, Google Plus for for uh, for myself, Geek Soul Brother, and for the Nerdy Denim. And stay tuned for our regular show where we're going to review the arrival, and we're going to talk about first contacts, different first contacts that have happened in cinematic history, contacts with aliens. So I'm glad you guys joined us, and I hope you really enjoyed the interview with uh, Allison David Pastor and Ted Humphrey of Incorporated. Definitely check out the uh, show when it comes on. Until then, talk to you all later.
Toby Wan. Peace. Tell him, tell, <laughs> tell him peace. See y'all later. Peace. <laughs>